Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Is Wonder Woman a strong enough hero to not only save humanity, but to save the DC superhero universe? That's a lot. That's that- a lot for one pair of shoulders. <laughs> That is the question this week. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from madwolf.com. Welcome in. Yeah, the big one this week. Been waiting on it for a while. Lots of headlines, lots of controversy. Gal Gadot gets back in the super suit to star in the origin story of Wonder Woman. What is your mission? To stop the war. What war? The war to end all wars. Cannot stand by while innocent lives are lost. Who is this woman? She's my um, secretary, sir. She's, she's a very good secretary. It is our sacred duty to defend the world. And it's what I'm going to do. I'm not even sure I could say that I was cautiously optimistic about this one. I was concerned about this one. I was. I was cautiously optimistic. I think the trailers had been all right. Uh, but we've been hearing about it for a while, you know, picking a director seemed to take forever. Did. If the headlines were correct, and then there were rumors of reshoots. And, yep. then, and then here just recently, it was making the news because uh, I think it was the Alamo Draft yeah, House. Yeah, Alamo Draft House. Did uh, all female screenings right. and some snowflakes lost their minds. They did. Simmer they down, did. fellas. It'll be fine. And, you know, I mean, it, even from back several years ago when they were talking about making this movie, before they even had had cast the, the lead... My first thought from even back then, I'm thinking Wonder Woman is unmakeable because of that costume. (laughs) And I said it to you because I'm like, because you can't have that costume. On the other hand, if you get rid of that costume or change it up, the fanboys are going to throw a fit. Well, I am happy to say, even though personally I think if you're going to fight crime, you should probably wear some pants. But (laughs) regardless of that, I I really think that they do a fairly decent job of updating the costume because it looks kind of like gladiator wear. So, you know, it seems like something you could wear to fight. Yeah, and we saw some of that in her her brief but memorable uh, part in Batman v Superman. She was pretty much the highlight uh, of the movie. I know a lot of people hated that movie. I didn't hate it. I hated it. Uh, <laughs> you were one of those lot of people. <laughs> uh, so that really got you know everybody really, really down more than ever on the DC universe, yes. especially when you compare it to the Marvel universe. So everybody looking at this one to really pull Marvel, I mean, pull DC back in the game. And I think it does that. And let's start with the director, because we mentioned how it, they seem to go through different directors. One of our favorites was attached to this project for a while, and that's Jennifer Kent. From the Babadook. From the Babadook, the Babadook which, a couple we years ago, which we loved. Yeah. So something happened there, didn't work out, and it got down to Patty Jenkins. Now, Patty Jenkins, it's been what? It's been over 10 years, yeah. but she directed Monster. Right, which won Charlize Theron the Oscar. Yeah, very fine film. And she's done mostly TV since then. Very. That's interesting it that, is. That, that it took that long. It is, uh, but she does a nice job with this. Uh, she, does. she does a nice job of balancing a lot of things, a lot of different sort of um, story arcs within this one. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of visuals and, and you know, uh, sort of sexist landmines that are associated with this particular comic strip. I, I think that's the key word here for this movie and for the job she does and the job of the screenwriter, a guy named Alan Heinberg, who, this is his first feature. He's done a lot of TV, yep. a lot of TV, yep. and also did some Wonder Woman comics, he I did. guess. He did, I think, a five-comic uh, five book arc of Wonder so Woman a few years ago. So that obviously, is a big qualification yep, yep. here. But, uh, yeah, I think balance is the key word. They balance a lot of different things. They, they find 
an important balance between, I think, between the Marvel universe that has been so, you know, good, but it, it's, it's got a real wise crack, wise yeah, guy kind of a vibe. And then you have the DC universe, which is very weighty and very super serious. And I think this movie strikes a nice middle of the road position mm-hmm. there. And it also, it benefits, it has, to me, I think it has an inherent benefit in that Wonder Woman, we have not seen on the big screen before, so we haven't suffered through six reboots where we have to see so the, the origin, origin story. So the story is still fresh. It's, it's just inherently fresh, right. which is nice. So, um, yeah, we've got the story here of how she came to be, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, first name's Diana, uh, how she came to be on the island there, the Paradise Island with, mm-hmm. the, uh, with the Amazons. And then a World War I pilot slash spy, mm-hmm. Steve Trevor, played by Chris Pine, crash lands into the waters around her island, and then uh, so she goes out to rescue him, and in questioning what his deal is, finds out that he's fighting a war, and she thinks then it is her duty to go back with him and try to put an end to this war, because she thinks the whole thing is orchestrated by her people's god of war, Ares. So that brings that whole thing into it. And if you remember from Batman v Superman, the photo that was found that that led yeah. uh uh Wayne to her yeah uh show it was very old timey photo and that is the the time period that most of this movie 95% of it is set in world war 1 right uh, so she goes back with uh with captain uh, trevor and to help fight the war and then it becomes like 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 you mentioned it balances many different types of genres. You've got the straight up war movie. Yep. You've got a sweeping romance yep. as are they going to get involved or not? And you've got the origin story. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this the origin story once she goes back uh, to his time and his place is played as kind of a fish out of water. Fish out of water mm-hmm. also coming of age. Mm-hmm, yeah. There's so many different elements and it that's when you really think about it, that's hard to find a nice balance between all of those. And she finds it. And also, of course, it's straight-up action as well, because you can't have a superhero without some action. She's fighting some crime and doing what she does. And, you know, I think that uh, there are two action sequences that I was particularly impressed by. The first is the one that when they're still on the island. That I loved. You know, where the Amazons get the opportunity to fight the Germans. That was really phenomenally choreographed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Looked great. And then also the first one, there's one in the no-man's land, right, in Germany, uh, which is the first time that was good. The first time that she uh, is openly sort of, you know, a superhero in in the modern world, and and that was a really great one too. Yeah, I think maybe for a lot of people, maybe I'll say a lot of people, but maybe some some of the younger kids, there might be portions of this that maybe move a little too slowly. Maybe too many long stretches between the action set pieces. But I think, especially the ones you mentioned, and a couple more, I think are. Pretty darn impressive. Yeah, I uh, I, I agree. Um, uh, maybe I have the attention span of a child, but I actually, for me, <laughs> the movie moved a little slowly. Well, um, and especially in the third by the third act, yeah. it, it felt every minute of his two hours and twenty. It did. I'll give you that because that's the one thing that this movie can't escape with the genre that seems to be this this insistence on bloating it and mm-hmm. and when they should have cut, you know, cut. So editing in so many works yes. uh, is your friend. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. By the time we get to the third act there, it does feel every bit of it's two hours and 21 minutes to be yeah. exact. And yeah. it feels it. It just has that feeling like if they could have gone along throughout the entire production and just shaved a couple minutes here and there and got it down to two hours, man, yeah. it would have felt like it just moved and it was Agreed. lean and mean. Agreed. And I really would have would have enjoyed it even that much more. But But even so, I think... Maybe the maybe the most 
maybe the best thing it does is that when it is over, it doesn't leave you dreading a sequel. You think, look, there's there's some promise here. Mm. No, I, yeah, I think that you're right. I think the cast was uh, was well put together as well. I think Chris Pine is is I mean, it's really the strength of the film, which is not to say anything against Gal Gadot, who who is, uh, as you said, destined to be super. I mean, destined to be Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because but, not only does she look the part, but as I think we've mentioned, and if, if people don't know, she spent two years in the Israeli army. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. What, yeah, she, she, she knows, knows, her, knows her way around some combat moves. And, uh, yeah, she just seems destined for the part. And she does a fine job. She but does. you're right. Chris Pine has that dashing charm. Yeah. And he gets a lot of the funny lines because there are. He does. Even though it's not, as, as we said before, a wise cracking movie on the order of Iron Man or something like that, there is some humor to it. There is. He gets some funny lines. And, it, and, it's, and I don't want to give any of them away because they really, for me, they were right. the highlight of the film. But. But it just the one-offs that he gets and the way he delivers them, just the, the comic timing is spot on. But I don't want to disregard uh, Gal Gadot because um, she, I think she does a really good job of, of bringing sort of the naivete that's necessary because she's been on a secluded island her entire life. Mm-hmm. And so everything in London is new to her, you know, but... But a strength where she, you know, she's, she's sort of inherently, she's, she's questioning these bizarre sort of rituals of men and women in society that would be completely foreign to her. But at the same time, you never feel like you're being beaten about the face with anything, you know? I mean, it's, it's, she, it's a nice job. She's a nice job. Um, I think especially in DC films, the, the heroes tend to be fairly one dimensional, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Batman is brooding, you know, Superman is all good. And you know what I mean? They don't have much opportunity for range and she doesn't either, but I think that she delivers uh, the performance that is necessary. Yeah, very much so. And I also think it uh, another area that it balances, it gets into themes of, as this superhero is trying to uh, adapt to this new world, does this new world deserve her right. and her concern for their well-being? Does, does she deserve that? Does the, does the, uh, the world, the, the population, deserve that? And then it also touches into themes of, of war and mankind's yeah. warring nature yeah. without ever going too far down every road. And again, going back to to uh, Patty Jenkins, the director, I think that shows that uh, that that's not an easy trick. A lot no. of movies try this and fail miserably, yeah. and she was able to keep it all on a nice, even keel. Right. I, I mean, overall, I think you liked the film better than I did. Yeah, slightly, I think. Yeah, I just think, I mean, as much as as much as much I thought uh, she did a great job with what she had, uh, the writer, the cast, the director, um, I still felt like there was not a lot that was really new here. You know, uh, we still saw the origin story of the superhero, uh, you know, the montage fight sequences where mm-hmm. the they learn to be good at what they do. I, You know, the and it, and it still ended in just a ridiculously long, drawn out, two superpowers flying around, banging into each other, yeah. throwing each other willy. And, you know, it's like you're like, I just felt that it was a little bit stale because of the structure, regardless of the fact that this is the first time we've gotten to see the Wonder Woman story mm-hmm. on, on a big screen. Yeah, I don't I don't really agree with that. Uh, I didn't f- find it stale at all, but I will give you the fact that, yeah, the in the third act, it, it does feel bloated. If, if they would have cut, I just keep thinking, if they would have could have taken off about 20 minutes of fat, and they I think have this easily. would have really been right up there with some of the best of them. But still, I think a recommendation from both of us, mm-hmm. maybe one a uh, little bit more strongly, uh, than the other for Wonder Woman this this week, and it sets up uh, hopefully a nice rebirth for what's to come for the uh, DC superhero universe. 
Next up, we've got a couple of smaller films in limited release, but definitely worth talking about. And the first one tells about a time of starvation. A survivalist lives off a small plot of land hidden deep in the forest. When two women seeking food and shelter discover his farm, he finds his existence threatened in The Survivalist. Would you be able to spare some of your crop? There's more than enough. That's what they all thought. We can offer something in exchange. How long have you been here? Seven years. Always alone? She likes you. Do you like her? There's food enough for two. You have to do it. Man, I was impressed by this movie. It just, it's, it's, you know, if you watch them, there are so, it's a dystopian fantasy. And, and so often you watch those, and you just sort of go along with it. Yeah, absolutely. This is so unnerving because the entire time you're thinking, oh, this is what it really will be like. That's what is, is so provocative about this film is that it is sort of unerringly authentic. Yeah, um, and it's the it's the feature debut for a writer director named Stephen Fingleton. Yeah. Where where'd this guy come from? Ireland. <laughs> well then, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the only that's the only answer I have for you. But man, what a what a what a splash into the features. Amazing. It's an amazing accomplishment as a director as well because I mean for many reasons, but one of them is that there is precious little dialogue in this film. Um, and again, because because re- realistically, there wouldn't be. I mean, that's one of the things I think you come away from this film understanding is what you lose it, when civility is no longer really, it's a luxury. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and at this point, a, a luxury that's long dead. You know, I mean, the, the, the behaviors are so efficient and practical and and necessary and 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 it's just and what these three actors manage to do with very very little dialogue just with glances and body language and behavior is remarkable um and then one of the things that i also thought was very interesting about it so these two women show up a woman and her daughter and uh and we already know from earlier in the film what he does to interlopers they they basically fertilize his crops uh, and uh, so he's got the gun out, and and it's just it's interesting because he's he's suddenly so he's made an offer uh, of trade, and uh, the the woman is offering her teenage daughter sex, and it's just interesting right away, right in that moment, the dynamic changes because all of a sudden, rather than simply focusing on what's required for survival. He's looking to do something that he doesn't have to do to survive. Mm-hmm. They're not. Mm-hmm. This is still simply survival for them. And so at that yeah. point, all of the characters are on a completely different. And then eventually he's he's maybe even on the sort of dangerous ground of hope, which these two are nowhere near. I mean, they're, they, you know, yeah. and it's That's an such, interesting dichotomy. And, and it is. And as the power shifts and the relationship shifts, it's. It's a fascinating, bare bones, incredibly well told, and startlingly realistic movie. Yeah, and that's the thing. In in contrast to what we were just talking about with so many superhero movies, this one not bloated at all, lean yes, and mean. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's so impressive. I just I really highly recommend this movie. And the next film in limited release uh, this week is a story of a man's nervous breakdown, causing him to leave his wife and live in his attic. For several months, Brian Cranston stars as Wakefield. Suburban life, so much is the same. Week after week. 
Who hasn't had the impulse to put their life on hold for a moment? Just vanish completely. So Brian Cranston playing the title role here, a guy named ha- Howard Wakefield. Exactly. The one thing about this movie is it often feels like a one-man show. Hmm. And when he is the man, it makes it effortlessly watchable, even when the show tends to fail him. Uh, because he, he stars as a man who is lulled into some sort of stupor by his suburban lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, boy, just you know, just leaving your life for a short while. Just get away from it all. And uh, he winds up up in the attic above his separate garage. So it's not attached to the house. He can see the house from his attic. So he goes up there and just decides to stay and is reported missing. Everybody thinks he's gone, and they never look in the attic. And he's up there with his binoculars then watching his wife, played by Jennifer Garner, and their two twin daughters look to be around 10 or 11 years old and just kind of commenting on everything and taking everything in and the thing about the movie and 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 uh, brian cranston's performance is here's a guy here's a character who's not likable at all he's wallowing in his own self-pity and his you know aggrieved white man suburban life where Mm -hmm. oh he's got it so tough right 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 and he talks about how suburbia is the place that keeps people that live there apart from what's wild but yet then when he gets down and dirty in the the only testing of his fortitude really is letting his hygiene go to waste and dumpster diving uh, and that is the wild I guess that he talks about and uh, he, he observes and we're we're shown we're we're not shown enough we're told so much because it's the nature of the movie he's he's talking to himself as he's observing these things going on and then we get some narration as well mm. uh, some voiceover narration because there's some flashback as to when uh, he first met his wife and what went on there and how he got to the point in life uh, that he is now. So, And it, it wants to be, it's based on a short story by E.L. Doctorow, and it's uh, written and directed by a filmmaker named Robin Swickard, who I, I gotta say, <laughs> I looked at her resume, and I could not believe she wrote the screenplay back in 1980 for one of our all-time guilty pleasure horrible movies, a movie called Cuba Crossing. So bad. Back in Remarkably 1980. Bad. Yeah, look it up. But anyway, she wrote the screenplay for that. So she's she's doing this. She's adapting the, the short story and directing. And it's, it's certainly not a horrible movie at all. It's just that I think she's after a type of depth and a type of profundity that is just not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the musings that we get, the, uh, the philosophies are nice. They're very well-meaning about appreciating things, and uh, but they're... Really, no more than your common greeting greeting card variety type, um, you know, type sentiments. Uh, it's just that they're delivered by this incredible actor, right. and he finds he finds just little shreds of humanity in this guy that is so hard to like that you can't help but laugh at some of his little snide remarks. And he, like I say, he makes it effortlessly watchable. And even though it's not a great movie, it succeeds mainly thanks to him. And and the way it's put together, it's put together in a very you know, workmanlike, everything is nice, everything where it has to be uh, to be a, a fine, well-made film. It just, I think it 
it thinks it's speaking more loudly than it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is Wakefield, starring Brian Cranston, out this week as well. Not a whole lot of great things to choose from when we look at home video this week. I think last week was a good week yeah. with Get Out and Logan. Uh, but this week, what's what's coming out? So the Black Coat's Daughter comes out um, on DVD. I think it's been streaming already, but you can get it on DVD. I think DVD. it has, yeah. I love this movie. Uh, a lot of people that I've talked to love it as well. Yeah, I love this movie. If it's... you like the gothic, the the hauntings, yeah. don't miss it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the writer-director, uh, Oz Perkins, as we've mentioned before, Anthony Perkins' son, mm-hmm. uh, he also did another sort of kook creepy ghost story this year that you could get on Netflix because I'm the pretty thing that lives in the house and I'm just going to, if you like those atmospheric, pay attention to what's going on, creepy movies I recommend both. And another one that's out this week gets a a, a lukewarm recommendation from me it's Fist Fight that was out starring um, Charlie Day and Ice Cube as they are teachers that wind up staging a fist fight. For I remember you thought there were a couple school. of good jokes in it. There were. It's, it's not... A, I don't think it made any money. Not everybody's cup of tea. Certainly not a laugh riot throughout the whole thing. But I, I thought it had just enough, just enough R-rated laughs. And you know, sometimes I'm a sucker for the <laughs> R-rated comedies more than a lot of people. But it had just enough to get by. And that's Fist Fight. So kind of a lukewarm recommendation there. Everything else out this week, including The Shack, which I thought was horrible. Uh, staying Vertical, we didn't see, did we? We did see Staying Vertical. What would you think? I liked it. It's the same writer-director who did Stranger by the Lake, a French filmmaker. Ah, yes. Uh, and if you've seen Stranger by the Lake, then you have some sense of what you might be getting into. If you Ooh. haven't, you... Explicit. Yes. Extremely explicit. Yeah, Let's put so, it that way. Yeah, so this this film is... But it's very interesting and very odd, but... Uh, and, and 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 really well acted, very well acted. Uh, but just prepare yourself for a couple of scenes where you're going, oh, that's happening right now. Oh. <laughs> so if you know what you're in for, I guess that would be a recommendation. Uh, next week, we are looking forward to one that uh, I think is not the big movie next week. Uh, it's called It Comes at Night. Cannot be more excited. And it's a horror film by a filmmaker named Trey Edward Schultz, who made one of my favorite movies of last year that nobody saw called Krisha, and he seems to be a filmmaker with a ton of potential, and this one is one that we're very excited about. And then the big release next week is Tom Cruise with The Mummy. I wish I could be cautiously optimistic about this one, but oh my God, this just looks awful. I I promise to to try to have an open mind when I see it. (laughs) I have to join your feeling there, because I don't have a good feeling about that. But we will see. All right, let us know what you thought of Wonder Woman or any of these movies. We love to keep the conversation going on Twitter. That's the easiest way. We are at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F. The main Facebook page is Mad Wolf Columbus, and the main website where you can catch all the written reviews of these movies and more and lots of other fun stuff is madwolf.com. Love to see you any and all those places. So until next week, the Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and madwolf.com. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.